Speaking of great conversations, our first conversation with Donald Jeffries, the author of Hidden History and too many other books to list here, uh, was a runaway smash success, and all of you asked me to have him back. So when I received the following uh, via Substack last night, hijackers, Hamas, and dual citizens, who is terrorizing who? Um, I sent an immediate quest to my friend Donald Jeffries, and he re- immediately responded back, yes, Mike, of course, exclamation mark, and uh, glad to have him, and welcome him back to the Crusade Channel Live Talk Radio the way it should be. Author, historian, and substacker Donald Jeffries. Uh, Don, how are you? Fine, Mike. It's great to be back with you. It is fantastic to have you back. Um <clears throat> I um, uh, I wasn't expecting the title that I got from your Substack yesterday, uh, but uh, uh, I I am really intrigued by it. But can I first start off and ask it? Because so, someone has already asked me. Can you ask Mr. Jeffries what the source uh, or sources of dual Israeli U.S. citizenship are? Well, you, you have to look online, and uh, <clears throat> there are. Uh, Multiple, and again, yes, this is, and typically that the other side would say this is false news, and there and there are plenty of fact-checking things out there saying no, they're actually not. But the fact is, as I understand it, that anybody can, I think, any Jew can become a citizen of Israel simply by visiting Israel and staying a night or something like that. I don't know what the rules are, but as I understand it, it's something like that. And um, even if they're technically not dual citizens, but I, I think the, the evidence shows that they are. But, uh, do, you know, you, you trust what sources you trust. You know, I, I tend to trust a lot of these alternative sources more right. than I trust the mainstream sources. But even if they technically weren't dual citizens, they certainly act like that. So when you see somebody like Ben Shapiro or Mark Levin... Oh, good Lord. Uh, that just, I mean, they were literally... It's like someone attacked their family. I mean, they were foaming at the mouth and, uh, you know, ready to start World War Three. So I think that that's... That's what we need to say. And I, I asked Ben Shapiro on Twitter. Of course, he doesn't. He didn't deign to answer me. You know, I'm just a lowly peasant. But uh, I asked him. I said, you know, you're, you're so emotional about this. I said, just, I'm just wondering, in the unlikely event of a war between Israel and the United States, which side would you be on? And I asked him, are you a dual citizen? And of course, he hasn't answered. But uh, you know, it's it's. They certainly. I think we can guess what side a lot of these people would be on. Well, and I think it's clear from uh, what Shapiro and from what Levin and others have been saying. And uh, and and are still saying out there that a war is what they want, and a war to indiscriminately slaughter the people uh, using their own terminology of what remains of Palestine, which they call Gaza and the Gaza Strip today. And then Netanyahu yesterday threw in he threw in Iran. Did you hear that? <laughs> Oh yeah, Iran has always been the uh, you know, it's, and I don't really understand why. And I, I've mentioned before, I have a connection to Iran. I mean, I'm not Iranian, but uh, my sister married an Iranian, and she lived there for many years. She's way older than me, so she's it's a very strange situation. But she lived there back when the Shah was in power as a young uh, married woman. But uh, it's and she told me, you know, this this country is not a threat to anybody. And after after the religious fundamentalists took over there, they're even less of a threat. Because they're third world, uh, they have you know fundamentalists whipping themselves until they bleed profusely. The Shiites or whatever they have, so it's. But they use that to try to prejudice the public against them. And as I pointed out, Iran hasn't invaded any other country, to my knowledge, unless you count the Iraq 
war, the Iran-Iraq war, which we sided with Iraq on, and that was when Saddam Hussein was in power, who later became the top boogeyman of the world, but That's at that right. time he was our buddy, our CIA asset. So these things change there, but I mean, I, I, I don't know why Iran is, is considered such a boogeyman. I don't think they're a threat to anyone, but I, and I've asked everybody over and over again, uh, they I asked on Twitter and everyone, nobody has an answer for me. They keep saying Iran is because they can't show them doing any acts of terror themselves. Uh, so they say it's a state sponsor of terrorism. What does that mean? Yes. What does it what? mean? <laughs> yeah. Do we have a definition they, of what that is? No, nobody's been able to give me one. So, I mean, I, they're not a, a wealthy country. So it seems uh, unlikely that they would have enough money to be able to finance these, you know, I don't know which one of these organizations they claim is tied to Iran. I guess all of them. But I, and I also asked in this substack, as you know, what is the difference between Hezbollah and Hamas? And uh, how do they differ from Al-Qaeda, which, you know, uh, Alex Jones colorfully called Al-Qaeda back in his better days. And <laughs> ISIS and ISIL and the old PLO. I mean, are these all the same organization? Are they working across purposes? And Nobody answers it. I mean, you ha- and you have the, the the American, the dumbed down American public. I mean, I hear them say, "Yeah, Hezbollah gets involved. It's going to be rough." You know, you don't, what, what, you can't even spell Hezbollah. What, what, what <laughs> Speaking with the uh, other Donald Jeffries here on our gaggle hotline, I want to play a soundbite for you and get some comment for you, uh, Maggie. If, if you would cue up Secretary of State Antony Blinken. All right, Don, you uh, you probably have heard this, but uh, the audience hasn't heard it yet. Uh, yes, digital media file number five. Good morning. On Wednesday, President Biden will visit Israel. He's coming here at a critical moment for Israel, for the region, and for the world. And he's coming here to do the following. First, the president will reaffirm the United States' solidarity with Israel and our ironclad commitment to its security. President Biden will again make clear, as he's done unequivocally since Hamas's slaughter of more than 1,400 people, including at least 30 Americans, that Israel has the right and indeed the duty to defend its people from Hamas and other terrorists and to prevent future attacks. The President will hear from Israel what it needs to defend its people as we continue to work with Congress to meet those needs. Second, President Biden will underscore our crystal clear message to any actor, state or non-state, trying to take advantage of this crisis to attack Israel. Don't. Uh, Okay. Don't do what? And who's taking advantage of... uh, Wrong Emmanuel, an Israeli, once said, don't ever let a good crisis go to waste here. Uh, Don, who's trying to take advantage of what here? I think this is the thrust of your article here about the dual citizenship Hamas and terrorists. Who, who's trying to take advantage of this? Yeah, well, and that's why the, 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 the uh, section, you know, when I mentioned all the dual citizens, and there were a lot more that I could mention. And basically, any almost any prominent Jew, it looks like maybe is dual citizen of Israel. And, uh, you know, if you look at that, then you, you, then you begin to understand why the response to this is the way it is and why we have Bobby Kennedy Jr. just, again, just disgracing himself with another, you know, long, ridiculous, uh, on-his-knees apology. And, uh, and uh, Tulsi Gabbard, the, the woman of peace, you know, saying we stand with Israel. And basically everyone, and I, I also asked on Twitter, is there any American public figure that has come out strongly uh, that has not said we stand with Israel? 
I mean, and why are we why are we committed to their security when we're not committed to our security of our own southern border? I mean, this is these things need to be asked. But again, if you look at all the people that I mentioned there, I mean, this goes back way back, goes back to the Reagan years when the neocon and basically when people talk about neocons and everybody, Trump, who's you know the world's biggest supporter of Israel, talks about neocons. Neocons was was a Zionist movement, and there were, a lot of them were ex really far leftist. That became, including uh, you know Bill Crystal's father uh, during the Reagan years. That became yeah Irving Crystal, right? I mean, he was a, I think a communist, but yeah, they they decided well let's move to the right and let's take over the right, and that's what they did. And the entire gist of the neocon movement it's all devoted to Israel. To and that's why you see the right has changed so much. You know, you go back to you know Pat Buchanan was a, a strong critic uh, from the right. Of Israel, and there were several conservatives back then that were. That's where the, the criticism came from. But somehow, politics became flipped on its head at some point within the last fifteen years or so. And uh, now you have the only criticism that comes of Israel comes from the left, the, the people like the Squad, you know, that are, who are arguing about it because of you know they're they're in solidarity with people of color, I guess. But uh, so that's unfortunately that's what those are our my allies at this point and argue make the arguments I'm making are people like AOC and Ilhan Omar. And I'm not used to being on their, on their side, but you're not seeing criticism anywhere else. And you have a Republican congressman, I forget the guy's name, that showed up in Congress with uh, his IDF, his Israeli Defense Forces military outfit. So yeah, there, there, is there any question he was an Israeli citizen? I think you have to be a citizen to serve in their military. He comes in with his military. You would hope. I just I. <laughs> yeah, I, it's what I mean. Just ask the question. As, as much as we may despise Rashida Tlaib for a lot of stuff, what would be the response on the part of uh, certainly Republicans, but everyone, if she showed up into uh, into the halls of Congress with a Palestinian? I don't know if they have a, a military outfit, but if they did, to show up with Palestinian colors or really any other country, if some congressman showed up with a Russian uniform, uh, they'd probably be censored immediately. But here, it's uh, it's not. It's okay. You know, Israel does it, and. Uh, it's it's the special relationship has to be analyzed because it's completely co-opted our foreign policy. And you see right here that this is there's there's at 100 percent unanimity amongst the, the leaders. Now, you see, in, in Israel, uh, I think most Israelis are skeptical about this thing and are opposed to what they're the IDF is doing. So there's, there's actually much more dissent allowed in Israel about this than there is in this country. And um, I want to take all the audience back, uh, Don, to the 1970s on this to show you just how long the deep state and the CIA state have been working on all of you and me and everyone else to become good little Zionists and good little parroters of what the official government line on any particular story is. I had never heard this before until I read it last night from um, I Protest uh, by Don Jeffries on uh, Substack. That's donaldjeffries.substack.com about Patricia Hearst. Now, I was a little cheerings when I was reading newspaper headlines about Patricia Hearst, the uh, media heiress who was kidnapped by the, oh, I forget the name of the Symbionese Liberation Army. Still don't know what that is. Uh, the SLA, and then would, uh, she actually assisted in a murder, went to court, was tried, and she was acquitted because this new thing was invented that's still used to th- this day. It was ne- never before heard of before, 
but now it is an actual legal defense. You can claim this thing called Stockholm syndrome, can't you? Yeah. What and is basically it? You could, well, it's it's basically when you you're enamored with and eventually come to uh, relate to your captor almost as a, a love figure, and uh, yeah, so you relate to them and side with them. And uh, but uh, you can say that really all America. Uh, at least the majority of Americans, all the people that are following these orders and are and are just are just mindlessly obeying this tyranny, uh, they are. I, you could all say they have a, a Stockholm syndrome because they are they're clinging to these leaders. They're voting ninety six percent of these idiots uh, back in every election. I mean, and I don't think there's that much vote fraud. And I mean, there is vote fraud if they want it to be. But I I've seen the people. I've talked to them. And uh, I think they are voting in most cases for these horrible people. And, and whether that's just unbelievable stupidity, idiocracy, or uh, <laughs> complete brainwashing, but you, you could argue that it's Stockholm syndrome. They've, you know, they we have to vote Lindsey Graham back in. You know, we have to vote Chucky Schumer back in. What will happen if we don't? I mean, I, I don't understand that mentality. To me, ninety six percent of these people should be, uh, you know, thrown out of office. Every election, but most people don't realize that these citizens, whether these uh, representatives, how many of them are dual citizens or not, because uh, certainly the ones that aren't dual citizens of Israel, most of them are just as bad. <laughs> but uh, they, uh, that every, every election, when they're, they, we have a lower turnover rate in America than the Soviet Politburo did at the height of the Soviet Union. Now, everyone should sit there and just pause and think about that for a second. The next time you hear about the. Uh, our precious right to vote, because if if, you, if they're really counting these votes, you're certainly not using it. You're not thinking, and you're voting back in repeatedly the worst people in the world, and you you just don't hear anybody say that. And uh, so I, I think that's why people are responding to what I write more and more because I am giving them a different perspective. Well, and it's a good perspective. Uh, Don Jeffries uh, is writing at Substack. You're also the author of the book Hidden History which has some nuggets in it that uh, you're not supposed to know. I, I also read, uh, I, I used to be pretty good radio friends back in my neocon days with the former uh, U.S. attorney for the district that is New York, uh, Andy McCarthy, Andrew C. McCarthy. And uh, Andy McCarthy is the prose- prosecutor who prosecuted the blind shake for the bombing of the World Trade Center in 1993. Now, <laughs> yeah. yeah, in the book, uh, or, in, or in what you have uh, reported, um, what say you? Because I, he, the, I, I want to say the blind shake was was convicted, wasn't he? Yeah, and, and he, I mean, I, I don't, I don't think that was the guy that was that I'm talking about. But again, and it's not one of those uh, subjects I talk about too much. I, I would refer readers to the hidden history to uh, find the exact details. But as, as I recall, one of the guys, that the main guys that was involved uh, was, again, somebody named Mohammed, some Arab guy they got and, and right. co-opted and became a, an FBI undercover informant. And he planned it. And he started realizing, well, there, you know, people could get killed, you know, and he, and he, he uh, I don't know what he was thinking, but he, so he tried to back out. And the story's in the book. I mean, he, he had way more morals and principles than our FBI did. And uh, they pretty much forced him, you know, to continue with it. And then, again, they just, when they use these assets, and I, in Hidden History, I talk about how they use these undercover informants. That's why, you know, people think that January 6th was the first time they did that. No, they've they go back to, 
you know, you go back to the Black Panthers. I mean, I, and I recount all this in Indian history. Most of the violent things that happened on behalf of the Van, uh, Black Panthers, there was an FBI, there was an undercover uh, asset involved. Same thing with the Ku Klux Klan. I mean, most people don't realize when civil rights worker Viola, Viola Luizio, I think her name was, a white woman who was shot and killed from a passing car back in the early 60s, one of the big landmarks in the civil rights movement. There were four people in the car, Klan members. One of them was an FBI agent sitting in the car. So, I mean, they're, they're willing to do that. And even when people get killed, they don't break their cover. And, they, and this happens over and over again. When, when Malcolm X was killed, his bodyguard was a, an undercover informant. So it was Fred Hampton, the Black Panther uh, agent. And when Martin Luther King was sitting on the balcony of the Lane Motel, the guy photographed cradling his head in his hands was an admitted CIA operative. So they're surrounded by these people. The government has its fingers in all this stuff. So the idea that uh, you know this is something new—that's why the way, they, the way they blanched at the January sixth suggestion. I mean, geez, this is this is what they've done since you know for at least sixty, seventy years. I don't know how far they go back. I mean, they—I guess maybe they uh, infiltrated the anarchist movement in the early nineteen hundreds. Probably, I don't know. But uh, you know, the FBI hadn't been developed yet, so maybe not in the CIA. But uh, this is so. That's things are not as they seem. So when we. We look at these things happening, and that's why I question the, this event itself. I question all these events, but, you know, the, the Hamas attack, when, and, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not, again, I'm not saying they're hoaxes or anything like that, but I'm just saying that if you're, it's a pretty strange and unconventional approach to decide, uh, you know, we're going to launch an assault on civilians uh, by coming in on hand gliders. I mean, I think that makes you probably uh, more likely to be um, discovered, before you can do anything. <laughs> but, I mean, it had to be coming pretty slow, right? How fast can you have travel on a hang glider? And then the music festival was moved, the location was moved at the last minute to a less secure location. Uh, where was the, the IDF? The, the Mossad is way more competent than the uh, CIA is. Everybody admits that. Where were they? How could they? The, the, we've created the fourth most powerful military in the world in Israel. And it's all us. The tax, our tax dollars did that. And they couldn't stop this, so at the very least, they wanted this to happen. But uh, you know, I, I realize, but I, I think that most people, and the reason I've gotten such great response to the last couple of articles I've written on Substack about this, is that people are thirsting for and the the public, regardless of you see unanimity in the uh, talking heads and all the politicians, but the public at large is not buying it, and uh, they're you know they're they're obviously skeptical and and uh, and they certainly don't want. I think they had a poll something like only thirty percent of the military polled would be willing to to go to war for Israel. So um, they're it's backfiring on them a little bit here. So they may have to change their propaganda. There's a story at uh, amgreatness.com. Will Americans fight for globalism? The globalists want Americans to fight for them. They need to give give back to give back a few a future worth dying to protect. Uh, I don't see that there's even an attempt here other than, I mean, for heaven's sake, Netanyahu trotted, trotted out the axis of evil trope, and then he repeated that Hamas must be destroyed here, because if we don't destroy them here, we can't, then you can expect them, and he was talking to Americans, you can expect them then to wage war against you here. Sure. Well, but, but sure. why? I haven't done anything to them. <laughs> Well, why do they, why do they want to come to Louisiana here in Cajun country and destroy us, uh, Mike? As I've said many times before, look if, if if these real terrorist cells existed, these sleeper cells, and they've got Americans thinking that you know any group of I, I, first of all, I never see any group of Arabic people gathered together anywhere. But if if you did. 
Ben, you'd instantly, oh, I must be a sleeper cell or something. So it's, it, you know, they're, they're concerned <laughs> about stereotyping and, and prejudice. Well, you have it there. But if, if there were real uh, terrorists, first of all, after the, our response to 9-11, they certainly would have struck back, I would think. And I, I've written and commented constantly about our woeful infrastructure, which has been upgraded for 60 years. And uh, part of that infrastructure are power grids. Our power grids are a joke. An absolute joke. I live in one of the wealthiest counties in the United States, and my power goes off in a strong wind or a light drizzle because they haven't been upgraded. And and the sensors, most of the sensors in these power grids were made in China. And as I understand it, China has the ability to remotely do something to them or whatever. So if they want to do something, they could too. So those terrorists, if they existed, they wouldn't have to work very hard. They might even be able to come in on hand gliders to be able to take just one of the power grids up, and you talk about crippling America because you, then you'd have everybody under thirty walking around like zombies, you know, trying to get their phone going when they they took the cell towers down. Yep, they they could easily do that. They haven't done anything like that. What happened to the? Remember the uh, everybody was terrified on last Friday, the, the Friday the thirteenth, the National Day of Jihad. Yeah, what happened? Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> talk about a nothing. Yeah, I, didn't I, mean, even, I, I didn't. I was at a conference, so I didn't even hear it was declared. National today is National Chocolate Chocolate Ch- uh, Cupcake Day. I didn't even hear it was National Day of Jihad Day. <laughs> yeah, I have a day for everything. But yeah, they and, and again, what is they keep talking about jihad? Yeah, what is that? They use these terms: jihad, Hezbollah, Hamas, and I, I, again, people respond respond to them when they don't understand them. What does that mean? And uh, you know, the, the, the reality is, again, I, I've known, I've met many Iranians through my sister, and uh, I've never met one that was, wasn't very nice. And uh, most of them have a deep respect for Christianity. I mean, they would, you know, you go to their house and you, you would see, um, you know, very detailed nativity scenes. That, uh, and most people don't realize, I th- so I think we're misinformed about the, the Muslim religion, that they believe in Jesus Christ, unlike Judaism. Rejected him. Now, well, so, we're talking about Iran, though, Don. Aren't we talking about ancient Persia? Yeah, yeah. And, and, and again, this, I mean, certainly, you can look at it in the back of every civilization, and they had things maybe that were. But again, I, I'm because I write about hidden history. I'm uh, I'm skeptical of anything that's reported. That's why, and that's why, Mike, that I I, I just really resent all the focus on foreign policy, and they've done this for a long time. Yes, they have. And, and the reason is they want to try to, as H.L. Mencken, one of my favorite writers, said, great classical liberal, almost a century ago, he said, you know, the, uh, practical politics has become nothing more than an endless series of hobgoblins to keep the, poli- the, keep the po- American people distracted and thus clamorous to be led to safety. And that's, that's all it is. There's an endless series of hobgoblins. You go back to, you know, the, the dreaded Han, certainly Hitler, still the number, number one with a bullet, and nobody's topped him yet. And uh, you know, <laughs> then you had Soviet Union, and then you had Castro, you had, and then the series of Muslim leaders, almost most of them who started out as CIA assets, Saddam Hussein, Osama bin Laden, Emmanuel um, Noriega, Gaddafi. Gaddafi, I was going to say, what about Gaddafi? Yeah, and they, and they and they do things like you know, for instance, it, the things that bother me, like Gaddafi's name. It used to be spelled with a Q. Now it's all spe- always spelled with a G. I've asked that question. Wait, how did how did he how did we posthumously change the spelling of his name? Nobody answers it. You know, it's like, and I don't know why that bothers me. It just does. Because I mean, we and, Americans, we ain't good at spelling them burners' names. Yeah. That's why. Oh, well, it's easier. Oh, and, and you know, Iran, I mean, cause again, because I was around so many Iranians in Iraq, you pronounce it Iran in Iraq. 
And, you know, Mary, Iran, Iraq, you know, and I, I, that, that just bothers me. I don't know why. Just, 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 Iran a, is I, a song from the flock of seagulls. Iran is a country. Yeah. Well, that allowed John McCaniac to, you know, say bomb, 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 bomb. <laughs> okay, so so here, let me let me uh, let me hit the audience with this. The Demosthenes, the younger, is a substacker. I don't know who he is, um, and maybe he's controlled opposition, uh, and we're all being duped into following him. But um, I read him, and um, I I read someone, and I go like, okay, this guy knows. There's a lot of details that he knows. Maybe, maybe he's just good, uh, a great internet researcher, or maybe he was inside the belly of the beast, saw it, and didn't like it, and decided to get out, and is now writing about it. Now, Don, listen to this. Now we know that the Biden regime has requested now a hundred billion dollars for the Israelis and the Ukrainians. So the grift. The transfer of wealth from people that have it in the United States that are globalists uh, is now going to be, uh, I assume, voted on in Congress and probably rubber stamp. Here is part of it. The Biden regime has dispatched two aircraft carriers and an entire fleet to the Mediterranean Sea and to head off uh, to be off the coast of Israel. So when the real World War Three Netanyahu uh, warring against um, uh, Habas. Uh, Hezbollah and Iran uh, uh, begins, there will be the U.S. fleet ready to aid and assist and bomb the snot out of whoever. Demosthenes, the younger, says, that's a dumb idea, stupid Americans. A, 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 modern, a, a modern American battleship is susceptible to a missile attack that, could, that would possibly sink it. And he says this, to put this in perspective, depending on the configuration, a single aircraft carrier has over 5,000 personnel and up to 90 aircraft. The Greater Carrier Strike Group usually has roughly five additional surface ships and a submarine lurking somewhere. We are in the process of deploying three of these strike groups and in addition to at least one expeditionary strike group carrying a marine ex expeditionary unit already in the Persian Gulf. This is an incredible concentration of firepower, but also creates a huge vulnerability. If this war goes hot and these ships begin to be sunk by anti-ship missiles, we could lose tens of thousands of personnel, including a huge percentage of our most seasoned Navy and Marine aviators, hundreds of aircraft, and see, and, and see our power projection capabilities completely annihilated. None of the equipment can be recreated easily or quickly, but we'd suffer the most detrimental loss in skill and leadership of personnel that took years and years to build. Now, I'm going to stop right there. Regardless of whether you believe Demosthenes the Younger or you think that he's just some amateur hack out there that's doing whatever, if I read that in the Virginian Pilot Ledger Star or if I read it, uh, read it in the Baltimore Sun or the Tampa Tribune Herald and it was from some guy that claimed to be, you know, uh, 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 was the, with the military guy for the Tribune, I would be a, a bit intimidated by that. And I go, well, our leaders can't be, possibly be that stupid, Mr. Jeffries, can they? Well, yeah, I think they can actually, but because <laughs> uh, you know people 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 mistake uh, you know when they, they talk about all I've, I've heard people tell me all the time. Well, you know these are uh, they, they they attribute these great powers of intellect to our leaders, and I say you know they first of all the people at the top certainly are 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 smart, but you know power doesn't necessarily mean you have intelligence. I mean, look at your average cop where they limit their IQs in most places. 
And uh, yet they have tremendous power over you sometimes. They can control whether or not you go to jail if they decide to you know, plant evidence or something. And they've done that before. Oh, they never do that. <laughs> and, and so uh, I, we can never uh, disregard the, the amount of incompetence. I, I always used to say that we have a, you know, a toxic stew of uh, uh, corruption and incompetence. And now you throw genuine madness into the mix with the uh, the crazy uh, woke uh, transgender stuff. So you have you know madness along with corruption and incompetence. But incompetence is is huge. You see that everywhere. And I think most of our elected officials are put there because they're incompetent. And a lot of times they just you know they're they're too stupid to understand what's going on, and they know what side their bread's buttered on. So they're going to do it. But I find it interesting. You mentioned the hundred billion dollars. <laughs> just you know, pretty soon you're talking about real money that that is going to go in this crisis. Look what happened earlier this year. It's always been, it's already been completely forgotten now. The, uh, the one of the worst environmental disasters in history in, in East Palestine, Ohio. Uh, and where did it go? Money? What happened? Yeah, yeah what happened? And, and how can you imagine if Joe Biden had, uh, had unleashed billions uh, there within a day? It would have never happened. It's like anything. If, if it benefits Americans, the, the 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 Republicans especially, how are you going to get that money? And the Democrats say, "Well, we can raise it. We'll raise the personal property tax, or we'll raise. We'll put a new gas tax. Well, wh- how do we get money for Ukraine? How do we get money for emergency response to Israel? Where there's no new gas tax, there's no new property nope. tax. So, how, wh- where does it come from? Where's that money coming from? And why can't we use it for things at home, like the infrastructure, or certainly a, a, a tragedy like East Palestine, Ohio? Well, I think it's a, that's a good and fair question. Uh, let me ask one more." Why does the owner of the New England Patriots, the New England Patriots football team, why does Robert Kraft have a Robert Kraft family stadium in Israel? <laughs> yes. <laughs> I tells you something. That's why I put those examples in there, because, they, uh, you know, it's, it's obvious, and I think that's why, you know, we, we had loyalty oaths once in a while. I'm not suggesting we go back to loyalty oaths, but people talk about I am. Okay, <laughs> but if you if you go back to the McCarthy era and so forth, they questioned the loyalty of someone who was joining organizations that were maybe tied to the Soviet Union, and the left went crazy. Oh, that's great! But you know, already at that time, you had people that were already tied to Israel in various ways, and because Israel had already been born, had been created illegitimately, I think, and I think that's the you know. The problem that, and I, 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 I'm one of the few people out there that is, is questioning this. Is that you? We do need to go back to the birth of how how something started, how it was triggered is very important to what's going on now. So you know, they, it, it, however you look at it, and I don't, but I've never seen a case of, of people, and now you know they actually claim there is no such thing as Palestinians. People on the right do a lot of the Christian Zionists, especially. And they'll argue with me, there's no such thing. What's Palestine? There's no such thing. It was controlled by Turkey. Well, I've seen several maps that have a country listed as Palestine. They don't put, you know, something on a map that's well, not why a country, didn't Yasser so. Arafat call it the, the Ottoman Palestine. Liberation Organization? Exactly. And so, you know, they, so, but they, and I, I think it's, you know, you, you can talk, we can talk about what happened here with the American Indians and so forth. And uh, it's a more complex situation, but however you look at it, even at uh, you know, uh, General Sherman or any of these people that really slaughtered Indians, even if you look at that, uh, no one ever, the Americans afterwards never denied that they existed. We never said, oh, there was no such thing as the Apache or the Sioux or anything like that. Uh, that's what we've done here with the Palestinians is that they, and I, I'm shocked because I think this is a, 
a new thing. I don't I don't know how long this has been going on. I know that the argument on the Israelis part when you when they say, "Well, where are they supposed to go? You're you're taking their land. You keep uh, you know uh, increasing the size of your borders." Well, why don't the Arab countries and they'll they'll continue to badmouth the people they're slaughtering? But I say, "Well, you know why uh, none of the Arab countries will let them in." You know, they won't let them in. Why don't they want them? It's like, what, 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 you know, you're, so you're forcing them to go to other countries because you're taking their land. You're bulldozing their homes. And uh, for Bobby Kennedy and others that say they've never, you know, that they they don't do anything. Well, think of Rachel Corey, an American citizen who uh, was bulldozed to death by a military t- uh, bulldozer when she was, you know, very unwisely sitting in front in protest of one of the many houses, residences pe- where people live uh, that were just completely destroyed. By the IDF, and uh, I don't remember America doing anything about that. As I, I think, I think the Israelis then disrupted uh, Rachel Corey's uh, funeral service there or something afterwards. So it's you know, and recently you had more recently you had uh, and I don't know uh, her name. I think it was a her, uh, a Palestinian American, American citizen of Palestinian origin, who uh, was murdered by a soldier in the Israeli army, and is admittedly it was done uh, on purpose. It was an accident. And uh, when Bobby Kennedy was asked at a rally by, uh, I think, Israelis for Peace or something about, would you uh, support the extradition of this soldier, they know his name, to America, uh, you know, for uh, trial because he killed an American citizen. And he just, you know, stammered and the, the, the rabbi that is his handler now jumped in and said, oh, you know, just started ranting against the Palestinians. So those are two examples that are pretty recent of American citizens being uh, killed. I mean, what do we do for Brittany Griner? The basketball player that was held in prison up there. That, I mean, we, 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 we didn't we trade an alleged real terrorist for her? I mean, so it's we pick and choose. But when it's, when something happens that uh, doesn't fit the narrative, then we ignore it. But this this is you know this is whatever it is. My my general uh, opinion on this, as I said, why I, I hate the emphasis on foreign policy is that we have a country that's completely collapsing. We have the disparity of wealth that the world's never seen before, an infrastructure that hasn't touched for 60 years, corruption from top to bottom. We can't get anything done. We have the worst leadership any any, any nation has ever seen. They're not responsive to the people. The representatives don't represent us. We have taxation without representation. Uh, and we're constantly being thrown into more war when the people clearly don't want it. So I think we have a lot of problems here at home. Our roof is caving in. The kids are starving. So the last thing we should be doing is wandering around the neighborhood uh, now, looking for trouble. That's what we're doing. Okay. Finally, with Don Jeffries, the author of Hidden History, uh, you've been vindicated by YouTube, Netflix, and other uh, uh, Hollywood filmmakers. Have you seen the trailer for Kennedy, official, uh, um, uh, marking the 60th anniversary of JFK's assassination? It's called Kennedy. It's a three-night documentary uh, event. I think it premieres this Saturday. I, I've, I've heard about it. I don't know what it's I would be... I'll have to watch it and see. You know, I would be maybe I'll be skeptical they're going to tell the truth at this point, but you never know. You know, they're opening up about UFOs for some reason, so maybe uh, maybe, they, maybe they're going to finally. I mean, they've covered it up for sixty years, so I'll have to watch that. Well, though. no, I some did. of the uh, 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 there were some FBI agents that you had mentioned. Uh, one of them had, had an oxygen mask on that they were interviewing for. We should listen to the trailer. He was incredibly charming. Intellectual, progressive. They would occasionally come running into the Oval Office. Politically, the situation was deteriorating. Hello. 
Joe Jr. is the shining star of the family. Jack was an afterthought. His father had money, but money doesn't always win campaigns. He went to any event that would have Boy Scouts and ice cream socials. He worked harder than his opponents did. Well, I'm just you're glad it's over, aren't you, Bobby? I am, Jack. Into the Oval Office, he had a lot to learn. He was the future. He was next. The great senator from the state of Massachusetts, John F. Kennedy. The History Channel documentary event, Kennedy, premieres Saturday, November 18th at 8, only on the History Channel. Now, now uh, it sounds to me like it's more of a, of a kind of who Kennedy was, but the trailer that I yeah. saw in the airport yesterday, they were interviewing guys that were former FBI, and they were showing Zapruder film. So maybe there's some hope that that uh, some of the story that you have told and that uh, that others have told is actually going to get told. Well, we'll see. I, I'll uh, I'll definitely be checking it out. But if they do, it'll be the first time they've done it. They had the Men Who Killed Kennedy, which is a documentary series, a six part series they used to show all the time on the History Channel. They they stopped when they came up with part uh, seven and eight, I think. And uh, one of the ones was called The Guilty Man and talked about LBJ's record and. Uh, at that time, Lady Bird Johnson was still alive, so it was Jack Valenti. They had that thing taken down within a day. It's never been shown since. Um, so, and that was the only thing. I, I believe me, I've scoured the net, the uh, networks for, <laughs> for decades, and uh, I, I can tell pretty much within the first five minutes uh, the gist of the show. I can look at who they're ta- who the talking heads are, and I can uh, discern which way they're going. And they're always going in the same direction. But you know, I'll, I'll see. I've certainly. It would be nice to see uh, one of them finally tell the truth. Um, and uh, just so you'll know, at the end of uh, Don's piece here, uh, um, uh, titled Hijackers, Hamas, and Dual Citizens, we get the, and this is just a small sampling of it, of the incredible amount of very successful Moroccan entrepreneurs who have taken hundreds of millions uh, and would be totaling billions of dollars and poured it into investments in uh, Israel, some of them directly funding, uh, funding the Israeli Defense Force, the IDF. Now, you, people may, may say, well, what's wrong with that? Why do you have an issue with that? Well, as I spent the first hour of the program today trying to lay out here, this, the framers of the U.S. Constitution were very specific in who could become a member of the House of Representatives, who could become a United States senator, and what the definition of a natural-born citizen who could become a president at the time of the ratifying of the Constitution. And as I have been pointed out, that um, it was not in question because, you know, you you had uh, Vettel's The Law of Nations. It was not in question. You, could ba- you were basically a natural-born citizen if you were born of a citizen who could be drafted into fighting for the king or for the government of his country. Um, the founders were very aware, and there are, are there, there are clauses in the Constitution which imply citizenship in the singular. Um, uh, even if it's an implied dual citizenship, I think that violates the spirit of the of the Constitution. And no, I was joking when I said I'm for uh, I'm, I'm for loyalty oaths, but I don't think it's beyond the pale if you become a member of the government of the United States or a state of the uh, a state in the Union here. That you kind of know what the Constitution says, and that Don, is, is it asking too much for someone to have a singular nation-state loyalty? I don't think so. 
And we need to be consistent about it because the the the, uh, the left especially has demonized. I mean, they would probably listen to most of what I say I and mean, what you say, and call us Putin apologists. Yes, uh, they would say we were Russian trolls. So just just by our opinions, well, we might, you know you're 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 peddling Russian disinformation. Well, uh, why can't we say that somebody's push, uh, uh, pushing peddling uh, Israeli disinformation, which I think most of them are. That's a great uh, so, point. Yeah, but so what? You know, what is uh, either either be consistent about it? So I I I'm just fine if you want to allow Israeli Jewish citizens and all, all that. Okay, okay. As, but let's make it universal across the board. So if some Palestinian American gets elected to Congress and walks around with you know waving a PLO flag or whatever or a Palestinian flag, uh, that should be perfectly fine too. It's no different than the guy wearing his IDF uniform to Congress. And if uh, people want to, you know, some congressman decides to get up and is feeling. Uh, Especially enamored of uh, Vladimir Putin that decides to hum the international, you know, the Russian national <laughs> uh, <laughs> anthem. Well, that should be cool. I mean, you know, I mean, I don't think anybody get in trouble with. I don't even know what the Israeli national anthem is, but they probably have one. You know, it should be. You know, let's have it. And that's all my. When I talk about being a free speech purist, a civil libertarian, I just want consistency. And I don't want, I, I, I personally, I, I'm, you're never going to hear me wanting, and I think it's interesting now, the conservatives. Or you had uh, Megyn Kelly, who was just, you know, just... She's Megyn not Kelly a conservative. Sounding, yeah, exactly. When she was sounding good for a while, but boy, her true colors came through. She's, she's just... A, and there's so many of them out there now. Israeli firsters, I call them. And they're not all Jews, like Megyn Kelly. Megyn Kelly, they're Christian Zionists or whatever. And uh, they are uh, really going crazy about uh, the Palestinian, um, uh, you know, protests on campus, on college campuses. About people. Well, what we should protest. be, Don. What we should—we're running low on time. What we should really be alarmed at is their call for genocide. Wipe them from the. Nikki Haley says, "Finish them." Yes. Yes. Finish yeah, them. Finish an entire nation state, yeah. the Palestinian state. Finish them, which I, I, I imply, or I think, to mean she wants them all killed. Yeah. Yeah, well, you, we have a tradition of this, and I, I, my books are the only ones that talks about it. I, I haven't forgotten about the Morgenthau plan. The Morgenthau plan was during the FDR years, and I'll have a lot more about it coming up in the, the my book that's coming out next year, The American Memory Hole, which is basically Hidden History 3. But uh, the Morgenthau plan was a, a plan by the Secretary of Treasury, Henry Morgenthau, Henry Morgenthau. Who, was, uh, yeah, who was a vicious uh, anti-German guy, and his plan was to starve the German people, and later you you and basically wiped them out, and it was you know, FDR approved it. It didn't go into effect, but uh, you know, I have a lot more about it in the book. And then you had a, a guy I can't remember his name that wrote a book within the last fifteen years or so uh, that basically blamed every single German, living, dead, whatever, for the Holocaust and what happened to Jews. And uh, this, he said, they're all to blame. Talk about a blood libel. And uh, that and that's the way it's looked at when it's an enemy of Israel, or whatever. Then uh, then so that's why they look at the, it's no different to what they're saying about Palestinians. Nikki Haley, Christians, or well, I don't know if she's a Christian. She's like half Indian or something, but she's a Zionist certainly. And uh, just you know screaming, you know, get them, get them, along with Ben Shapiro. Uh, this is it's amazing. All their humanity uh, floods. Just imagine if you know somebody, if you had a you know somebody you know. Mimicking Hitler and waving his arms around and saying, "Let's destroy all the Jews." The final solution, and I think I've even heard them say, "What's the final solution to the Palestinian problem?" So, I mean, it's it's, it's amazing. They use the same language. There's no sense of irony, and I, you know, nobody should be 
Uh, civilians are, should not be targeted, but they have been. And my books are the only ones that talk about it. I, talk, I go back to the Civil War and the scorched earth policy of Sherman and all Lincoln's troops, Sherman and Sheridan, all that, and what they did to the civilians. And they invented the total war philosophy. Or you and, and I were just fo- separated at birth. <laughs> yes, they did invent the total war. Uh, you know, Sherman's famous march. Famous? You mean infamous, right? <laughs> it's not a famous march. It's an infamous march. So, uh, yeah. Don, a pleasure to have you back. Keep up the great work on Substack. Look forward to the Hidden History 3 coming out. And uh, I need to get myself copies of Hidden History 1 and 2. Where can I find Hidden History? Uh, there's. I wish I still had extra copies. They're, they're still out. Hidden History is still my bestseller. So it's on Amazon, Barnes and Noble, everywhere. I always tell people to get the uh, the best deal they can. And uh I'll be sure to send you. I have another book coming out um, next month. It's already out there for pre-sale about the JFK assassination. Pipe the Bimbo in Red, uh, Dean Andrews, Jim Garrison, and the Conspiracy to Kill JFK. I will have plenty of extra copies for that, so you'll have to give me your address. And I'll, I'll send you an autographed copy of that, but that'll uh, it tells the truth about the... Uh, the uh, the ground level plot to frame Oswald and everything from New Orleans, and uh, it's it'll be just in time for the 60th anniversary. Disinformation that'll be all over the rest of the media, I'm sure. Oh, we'll look forward to it. God bless you, Don. We'll talk soon. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Uh, that's uh, Don Jeffries. Donald Jeffries. Uh, please uh, look him up on Substack. Donald Jeffries. That's J E F F R I E S dot Substack dot com.